Welcome to the Fizzle Show. The Levi Whalen remix of the Fizzle Song. Look to these guys. If you're building a business, they'll get to the heart of it. And then you look to the skies. Cause your heart is a part of it. Do you know what I Welcome to the Fizzle Show. <laughs> Happy anniversary! On this, the uh, 52nd episode of the show, it's about a year, we share the 24 things we learned in a year of podcasting. What we wish we would have known before we started, and how to slap yourself into gear. Because, like us, you probably deserve it too. <laughs> This is, of course, The Fizzle Show, the conversation and sounding board for a community of bootstrapped, gritty, gutsy folks who earn a living doing meaningful, independent work. Your hosts are, if we were uh, characters from the hit show Arrested Development, Corbett would be Michael Bloom, (laughs) clearly. The sensible one who has no choice but to, to keep the whole gang together. Caleb Logic, he would be Byron Buster Bluth, the socially awkward youngest Bluth sibling who enjoys, quote, scholarly pursuits, end quote, with a hook for a hand that was bitten off by a seal after swimming in the ocean as an act of defiance against his overbearing socialite mother. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be Dr. Tobias Funke, a former psychiatrist and therapist claiming to be the first analropist, never nude, turned struggling actor to whom Corbett says things like buy yourself a tape recorder record yourself for a whole day I think you're going to be surprised at some of your phrasing <laughs> so true that one comes to us from Matt Giovanesi Matt you're a legend okay let's get into the show fizzleshow.co slash 52 is the URL if you want to follow along at home I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps so let's get into it Guys, this is episode fifty-two. What? It is. That means it's 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 a year. Oh my god! We kind of cheated, though. A little bit of cheat, but I like. But it's fifty-two. I mean, we should celebrate fifty-two and one hundred and four. We cheated by a month or so, right? Uh, we, well, we cheated just did by five yeah. a week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We did five our fir- very first week. Uh, How, I find this interesting that this is our fifty-second episode, sort of like a year in. And we're recording the earliest we ever have. Yeah, 10 a.m. We've yeah. never done this before. I don't have a cocktail. I have I have a, a little bit of, uh, of uh, I was going to say grapefruit seed extract, but I do not have that because that's not delightful. The way that uh, apple cider vinegar inside of some water is. This is what I, this is kind of what I do. Grapefruit, what? How many don't different even... <laughs> chemicals do you ingest through liquid form? <laughs> well... Uh, and every once in a while, there's a little bit of the uh, of the oregano extract. If you're really feeling crazy, that stuff is horrible. Super echinacea. If you wanted to burn the back of your throat, uh, we get crazy over here, dude. We get crazy. I've seen the drawers. I know. I know the <laughs> lots the, of bottle natural, droppers. Yeah, 
I've seen Lots the drawers, but I haven't seen the studies that say any of that matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I got a little it's green tea over here and a uh, little bit of my normal 10 a.m. grogginess. I'm definitely not a morning person, so uh, yeah. bear with me, folks. You're so artistic. You stay up late at night. You talk about interesting things. And, and that kind of lifestyle, you can't be waking up early in the morning, you know? Nope. <clears throat> I, I beat myself up and I felt bad about not being a morning person for a while just because it's the in thing to say that the early bird gets the worm or yeah, whatever. My wife beat, her up, beat herself up about that too, but then yeah. she's like, eh, I'm just going to accept who I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's human nature, or it's my human nature. I, uh, I've been drinking a lot of beer, and beer makes me want to sleep in. I'll tell you that much. What kind of beer? Was that, was that, that a leading question or no? I just I I, I was surprised because I like wanted to sleep in a lot the other day, like the last several days, because my buddy was in town showing me all about beers, and I was just like, well, okay, and I got into it and tried it and liked it, uh, but then uh, uh, just found it very very hard to wake up in the morning, like harder than like being super, you know, getting being very hungover, but on like a gin or something like. That. Yeah, it's different. With gin, you wake up. Like your body's like, oh my god, am I still alive at six? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That's that's certainly the case. Okay, so what I want to get into today is we've been doing this for a year, a little bit less, uh, and we've learned a lot. And so let's share what are some of the top things that we've learned in a year of podcasting. A little bit less than a, a little bit less than a year. See, I keep doing that under my breath because it's like important. We did basically do a year, but it's just a little bit less. Because I just fundamentally. It's kind of hard for me to lie to people you know <laughs> yeah to be fair it's been like a month less so 11 months Woo! <laughs> but each of us have kind of done a podcast related thing before this one right have we i mean chase you had one that you didn't publicly. i never share. i never published anything i feel like uh and maybe that's that'll be my first that'll be probably my first my first uh tip uh my first soft tip i've never i've i had never actually published stuff and i had recorded things with my friend don for the intention of making a podcast, but never really actually did a podcast for seriouses. And didn't you pretend to have a podcast to interview someone? I did. I had a pretend <laughs> podcast to interview Mark Marin and Rob Delaney. Um, oh, God. And I got both of those interviews. And now there's a huge difference between like having these recordings and like throwing them up into a podcast feed and actually doing a podcast. Because mm-hmm. the podcast is the work of week in, week out, or whatever I choose to schedule and do my thing, you've got to commit to a schedule and, and do the thing. So my first tip, uh, my first thing I learned was like, holy shit, just get started. You know, just just press publish and go because it's not at all about what's in your episodes up front. It's just about like working out these muscles to actually publish something. You know, of course, you don't want to have a shit show, but I've seen way too many people go like, well, I'm just working on the, I'm just going to figure out my equipment. And it's like, you know, I just get it out because you don't know what you don't know yet. And I know so much that you don't know, but I can tell you about those things. And we're going to be doing that in this episode. But unless you're already publishing something, you probably won't have ears to hear most of this. Yeah. Like most of that stuff doesn't matter because you have to learn it for yourself for it to really stick. Yeah, exactly. Now, my first, my first tip is just like, oh my god, just just click publish, start so what, this, get it going. So before we started <clears throat> podcasting, what experience did we have? So you had uh, feigned a podcast and not published it, Caleb. Yeah. Uh, you had been podcasting actually for a little while. 
Yeah, I probably was about 15 to 20 episodes into my personal podcast that I kind of put on hold once we started doing this one. <clears throat> and your personal podcast was just you um, with an occasional guest? No, it was a guest every time except okay. for maybe one. Okay. So I did just entrepreneurial type interview stories, you know, tell me how you escape the nine to five kind of thing. And that Got was it. the cubicle running. Wait, wait, wait. Podcast. How did they escape the nine to five? Uh, rope ladders usually. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a That's few good. well-placed friends. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Oh, Have you seen not heat? only. It was kind of like heat. Like heat. Yeah. Yeah. With <laughs> a little bit there like that. Yeah. People yeah. came in with masks on. Yeah. And vans. <laughs> This is really cool, you guys. So not only is there construction going on next door, but also it's garbage day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the recycling guys out there just throwing stuff around. I can't hear anything, though. Oh, Jesus. Personally. Yeah, I and I've got, I've got tips and tricks and hacks uh, to, to mute that stuff. So, so maybe the listeners at home won't have to experience it. They won't even, I'll cut all this out. I'm just cutting all this out. And Caleb, you said we all had done something. Was there something that I had done related to podcasting that I don't remember? I feel like you were on enough podcasts that that okay. was... <laughs> That was yeah. kind of your experience. You were interviewed yes. enough to kind of know the format of what they were. Yeah. And that that uh, experience is pretty much like it is now. I show up and uh, talk into my microphone, and then somehow magically a podcast comes out. Yeah, it's pretty much the same now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now that was my first one. It's just you just got to get started. You just got to go for it and get started. Uh, mm, what, don't what you, you just what? love that advice? So <laughs> I know. Isn't if, it the worst? If we made like 100 top 10 lists, how many times would just get started? appear on that list you know what though i got lists. into a good conversation with someone recently he's like i don't i don't think that entrepreneurial education is actually a thing i think that's ridiculous as a thing because there's no other way to learn this but doing it but by doing it and maybe you need a little bit of help to get started but but really you must just throw your body on the gears and levers of this machine and i agreed with him so much more than i thought i was going to throughout the course of the conversation because for a living i do entrepreneurial education and i did get him to understand no, no, They're, like too many people are, are unwilling to start because they simply don't know a handful of things to get started. And that's really what, what we do. And we do a little bit of that intro stuff. Like, hey, here's what you need to know. Get started now. Get going. And then we do support and community through the building of the thing. And then the advanced training, the building and scaling your business on top of that, going from a thousand email subscribers to 10,000 and turning pro and all this other stuff. Those are the three sort of main categories. But that whole middle section where actually I think most people are is just about like, cool, stick with it. Try not to fizzle out. You know, try not to quit. Try not to give up right. uh, because you're learning the stuff right now about, about, you know, I guess I can go into a second one here. You can allow, allow me to do that and just go take two. Yep. I think one of the biggest things that I learned was um, was the balance uh, between uh, me and them. What I wanted to build and what they wanted to buy. The concept of value, of utility, making something useful, being a corkscrew, being something that's small, small and useful, creating things that are small and useful for people um, has meant has completely shifted my view from who am I and what could I make and what could I make that could make someone laugh and think that I'm funny and think that I'm cool and what could I make that, that like I'd want to make and I'd feel proud of and, and, and that like a couple of my friends would be like, that's so cool. But then it would, then like in reality, that thing never sells. You know, it just doesn't end up selling, uh, whenever I've done those things. So the mix between that, like, what do I want to build? What do I want to do? Who am I? What am I here for? And what is the problem? How can I help? 
where can I serve people? Like what, where are people searching for and not finding good answers to? What have I searched for and not found a good answer to? The mix between those two things, uh, and I just kind of call it value, which I hate, like, because, you know, just as, just as shitty as go, just get started as advice, uh, make something valuable is just as shitty advice. But that's essentially what I'm saying here is just learning the difference and the, ba- the difference between creating something you want to create and creating something they want to buy and the balance between those two, because it is this dance. It's not all one or the other like we got into in the last episode where we answered uh the question for um mr choats uh casey casey choats uh we answered his question about about like is it all analytics is that how we make our business decisions or or do we have our like some guts and chutzpah and heart and and sort of desire and passion that we bring to this stuff and it's this the 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 truth is it's this balance between the two you go too much on either side and uh and things fall out of out of whack wouldn't you say? Well, I don't know. It depends, I think, on who you are and what your situation is. Because there's a lot of luck involved, and that's something that we don't admit often as entrepreneurs or that sure. people don't think about. But there's a ton of luck involved. And you could do something that is purely selfishly scratching your own itch. You don't think about anyone or an audience or whatever, and it could catch on like wildfire. You never know. Yeah. Or it could be that you just have really good taste. And what you think is awesome, other people happen to like. I'm guessing that there are a lot of musicians like that out there. So, you know, it kind of depends. I, I agree, like for most people, it's probably somewhere in between, but you never know. You could go all in on audience on something that you don't give a crap about, and that could be a home run for you. You know, you just, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, for most people, it's probably somewhere in between, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try one way or the other if it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I feel like we're talking mostly to people who are who are really balancing between, like, I want to do work that matters and... Like, like the, the, the slogan I keep coming back to is like more meaningful, independent work and people who are trying to do indep- meaningful, independent work. I mean, one of the biggest questions we get asked or I get asked at least is this concept of how do I be myself in my business? How do I feel really engaged and fulfilled while I, you know, try to create something that will be successful? And that's what the, the balance has been like for me is just between these two things, between uh, what I want to build and what they want. And the best case scenario is when that overlap is massive. You know, so that's my second is this learning to divine the difference in the balance between what I want to build uh, and what what they want to buy. This concept of value. And I wish I had a better word for that, because, again, it's sort of cheesy. But that's my OK. Those are my first two. Now, now, now you guys have to take one. You Good, go Caleb. No, oh, man. Jeez. Awkward. <laughs> we just tried to shuffle it to each other. Yeah, you tried to uh, shuffle I'll block go with, each other. Uh, don't listen to the loud minority. So the beginning of starting mm. the fizzle show. There are quite a few people that were upset about maybe the language or even now, like the format of how, you know, we do the how's your father for a while and we don't get to the point very mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, but partially the show is for us and we're doing it how we want to do it. And the people that are raving fans of it like how we do it and like the random inside jokes and how it takes us an hour to land on a really big point sometimes. So I would say don't always listen to that. Uh, loud minority hmm i like that yeah Get yeah court. although the um sometimes it feels like the people who love the show might be an equally loud minority you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's mm-hmm. it's hard to know um because with podcasts you don't get like the same sort of i don't know insight analytics demographic data all that kind of stuff so it's kind of hard to know who's loving it and who's not but I had the same kind of thing on my list here. Like some people are going to be unhappy with your format in some yeah. way. It's going to be too long or too short. You're going to have 
too many jokes or it's going to be too straightforward and dry or yeah. you're going to cuss too much or you're not, you're not going to let loose enough or whatever whatever you decide some people it's not going to be right for some people and that's the whole point of of anything of building a business of blogging of podcasting of whatever you're trying to do i think that's a positive sign when some people aren't liking what you do mm-hmm. um because it means that there are other people out there who probably are going to like it uh it would be different if there was a vocal majority but that doesn't usually happen usually um, instead of getting a vocal majority who say that they hate something, you just don't hear anything at all. Right. And that's a worse sign when you're putting something out and it's not pushing anyone's buttons in either direction. So, yeah, I agree. And then you have to kind of stick to your guns and you have to say, no, I'm not trying to make this for everyone, or we're not trying to make this for everyone. We're trying to make it for the people that um, that appreciate that this is an hour and 15 minute podcast, yeah. that we might fuck shit once, um, that we might do a little how's your or some inside jokes or whatever. It's just who we are and there are plenty of people out there who love it. And and not to be like all like on our horse about it or whatever, but um we could have easily watered everything down in the beginning because of who said something. Um or even more recently have said things about the format. And um, yeah. I don't know, it's a, it's a conscious decision I think and you have to you have to be comfortable with that enough to keep going, and that's that's again that's that sort of thing where Chase was saying just get started. There's another part of that which is just keep going, you know, yeah. mm. just just be confident enough to keep going and see how things turn out after a while because you're not going to know right away. Well, I think podcasting in general is just a format that you don't get a lot of feedback on, mm. and we specifically ask for it a lot um, through tweets or emailing us directly. But if we didn't do that, I'm sure we wouldn't hear nearly as much as we already do. Just because it's yeah. a format where you're driving, you're on a walk with your dog, you're wherever listening, and you're probably not going to go to the show notes and leave a comment on the post as opposed to something where you just read it and you're there already or a video you just watched. So it's just a format where you're not going to get a lot of responses unless you ask for them. Yeah, yeah. it is. It, it's tough that way. And in fact, that's, uh, that's uh, one of my uh, <laughs> one of my other ones. But I'm going to hold on. Well, I'll wait, I'll wait on that. But to, to your point about like... Uh, Hearing back from people, I think it's actually a really big point, Caleb, this idea of don't listen to vocal minority one way or the other, um, because it, it really is like I remember recently we had some people in the comments saying like this, you guys, this is too long and there's too much banter and there's too much this, that and the other. And it really got me down, like thinking about like, oh, God, like they hate what we what we do. And I don't think I could keep doing this if it was all just like if I had to outline this thing before we got into it. You know, I don't, it's just, it's just another job then. What I'm looking for is real honest connection and being able to have guttural, honest, earnest conversations about this sort of stuff as like we do normally, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I had this vision for that as the show instead of like interviewing another person or, uh, uh, I don't know, doing more, I, d- like, you know, reading off a blog, the, the equivalent of a blog post, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the answer ended up becoming like, listen, we do really high quality blog posts and we have amazing courses that we spend, you know, weeks and months on to give you just the essentials of this bit without wasting any of your time. So if you're serious about this stuff, definitely get into there. This is our conversation that people like to listen in on about how we think about these sorts of things. And half the time I'm learning from you guys the, the, the first time what you think about these things when we talk about them on the show. So that's, that's what makes it kind of fun. And it's this balance again between what am I going to actually bur- what what do I enjoy doing or what am I going to burn out on in a few months? Um, so yeah, no, that's that's a great point because like n- no matter how great your intentions are in terms of the podcast that you set out to create, yeah. if you hate doing it after ten episodes, then it doesn't matter how great the idea was to begin yeah. with. 
Yeah, and right right now, even like it's a lot of work to to edit these things. Now that I've done fifty two of them, it, it's it's not that bad because I'm quick, I'm fast. We got workflows for these sort of thing, but the the going through and creating a headline and writing the writing the blog post for each of them and and all this other stuff, trying to figure out in this meandering conversation where we talked about a lot of great stuff, what the singular headline is going to be is probably like what my night. This is my nightmare. Like this is what I wake up in the middle of the night going like, oh my god, am I alive? <laughs> because this is the bad guy that haunts my dreams. All right, let's get into another one, Corbett. You haven't uh, you haven't said one yet. You did say just keep going, and I've added that because I think it's a great it's a great uh, uh, one to add. But Ooh, what's, I hope a, what's this another one? The top ten list. Yeah, um, <laughs> mine is uh, my next one is that podcasting is less accessible than blogging or other content, but it's more immersive and engaging, and and that's that's that can be a, a good thing, and it usually is a good thing. And what I mean by that is. We've talked about this this difference before between traffic versus true fans, for example. Yeah. So traffic is trying to go broad and reach a lot of people in a very shallow way. Uh, finding true fans is really trying to go deep and connect with just a handful of people in a really mm. meaningful way. And to me, podcasting is that content format because yeah. it's not so accessible. You're not just going to like glance at a podcast headline and then skim it you know, skim the podcast and two minutes later you're out the other side and then you're clicking the tweet button and sharing it. It's not the kind of thing that's going to go viral with an individual episode or something. And it's not the kind of thing where you're going to reach a hundred thousand people who are vaguely familiar with you because they caught a couple of paragraphs of a blog post. This is the kind of thing where it's less accessible. It's really a nut that you have to crack open and you have to sit down and really start listening. You have to you know, put headphones on and click the play button and give it 10 minutes, you know, before you really know what something's all about. But for those people who do get past that outer shell, it's incredibly immersive and engaging. I mean, we have people um, tweeting us all the time about these inside jokes that were buried 40 minutes inside of some episode, you know, uh, three months ago. And I, and a lot of times I have to go, wait a sec, what are they talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah I think I remember. <laughs> or I have to ask you or Caleb, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's really engaging when people actually get into it, and that's a really great thing um, because people, if they listen to an entire hour episode of a podcast, I mean, they feel like they know you. You meet these people in person who have listened to your podcast, and they do know you. You know, they know all kinds of things about you and your situation and whatever. And it's just a really great way to build this level of trust that you can't get with the written word, yeah. um, at least not with a you know a typical blog. On yeah. the Fizzle forums, we have a thread going right now that someone started about you know what kind of podcasts you listen to, and there's all these people telling what they listen to and kind of what their thoughts on them are. Um, and on there, I said something along the lines of, if you listen to podcasts, you're typically a completionist where you do not want to miss an episode. And that doesn't typically happen for someone that subscribes to your blog or is on your email list or something. It's yeah. really easy to click archive or just skim like you were saying, Corbett, and then maybe tweet it and then never think about it again. But to have a half hour, 60 minutes of someone's attention in their day is huge. And podcasting is one of the only ways other than maybe a physical book to do that nowadays. Yeah. That's a really interesting point because I think if you, if you um, say blog reader in terms of just you're talking about blog readers, in general, you would be talking about people who pop by once in a while when the headline looks good in the email that they got in their inbox, right? And yeah. and maybe they read an article once a month or every other month or something. I think, you know, in general, you would include those people as blog readers. A podcast listener to me is a completely different animal. It's it is the person who listens to most episodes because I think it's kind of rare to have a 
podcast listener who just pops in for an episode here or there. There are people who listen to like most everything, you know, just like you would, you know, you, you have TV shows or, um, kinds of movies that you like to follow, you know, or series or whatever. Um, you're going to watch every one of those. Once you start it, you can't stop. And, and for some reason, that's just different from blogging, uh, and different in a good way. And not that a blog isn't a great thing. There are all kinds of reasons that you might want to blog instead, but podcasting has, has been really interesting for me, especially because I came from, um, blogging for almost, I don't know, what was it, four years or something before mm-hmm. we started the podcast and had just really um, gotten into that world and, and really liked it. And now I really enjoy podcasting for a whole lot of other reasons, which I guess is the whole topic today. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Next one for me is fuck stats. They go up, they go down. Who knows why? Uh, if you get too excited about stats with p- podcasts specifically, you're going to be sad either way, probably, because of the nature of the limitation of analytics with podcasts. Um, they're just so limited, like you said before, Corbett. Like we don't know who these people are necessarily, or all this other stuff. What we really know, and we do get numbers from whatever you know, podcast something something you're using. I mean, iTunes. God, I wish to, wouldn't that be sweet if they just had a quick little like sort of dashboard for a podcaster to log in and see like, oh, how many listens this week, and what are the, what's the trend, and all this. But nope, nope, nope. Nothing. They don't give a crap. Yeah. They don't give a crap. Uh, they're going <laughs> to glean. I, I mean, there's something that really irks me about, and well, there's a lot that absolutely irks me about Apple. Um, but, uh, but you know, we have, we have in Libsyn that we've been using. We'll be, we'll be moving over to SoundCloud at some point here. Um, we, we see the statistics and we see what's going on. We, we had this weird trend or this great trend for the first four or five months where it was going up like by a thousand listeners every month. It would go, it was just consistent. It was like, okay, so we have this four or five month trend line. It's like, this is going to be great. And then I don't know what happened. I think we, uh, we had a couple episodes that like didn't send out in time or they were like post dated. There was some goofy stuff with Libsyn. There was some goofy stuff with our emails. Uh, that went out when we launched the Sparkline. There was a rebrand from Think Traffic to the Sparkline, but we didn't do this. Did was the Fizzle Show out when we were still when we still had Think Traffic up? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we did a rebrand. We did all. There was a lot of change, and it just it, when those stats they they started to go down, um, like immediately they went they jumped back down, and and I didn't see them growing more and more, and I was like, what? The? And I think I have a hunch that like Libsyn. Uh, Changed their their analytics or whatever, but that yeah, that's like more of a, that's a Deus ex machina kind of excuse to get out of this uh, conundrum that we're in. Which really the conundrum is, I just cared way too much about these stats. There is this balance between I need to be doing something that's getting traction, that's growing, um, at least in, maybe or or at least that isn't valueless. I need to be doing something where I get some feedback and people are saying like. Dude, I have liked this. And even if people are saying this was horrible, some are, I get the feeling that some people are saying this is worthwhile to me. So I need that balance. Um, but when I focus too much on stats, especially when you're in, like, when you're like, we're like typically getting about 10,000 listens to each episode, it's a lot. And so when you see it jump down or jump up in one way or the other, like, there's this tendency for me to get really excited or really sad, putting way too much investing way too much in what these numbers are. And they're, they are quite frankly, like the equivalent of a vanity metric, because this could be someone just clicking play for a second. And not, we don't know, I don't know what Libsyn's giving me. Um, and nor do they necessarily know what's going on. There are better ways to do stats and some do it and some don't for podcasts, but I don't want to get even into that rat hole. Cause I don't, I don't know. It's like the, the, we get new comments on iTunes every single week. 
And I love that because they're always five stars. Occasionally a four star that says it went a little bit long, <laughs> you know, but, um, but we get great cut feedback. We get tons of people reaching out. We went to, a, I went to a conference for the f- first time and like people would like, like you said, Corbett, they're like, Oh my God, I feel like I know you when they meet, when they meet you. And this, this feels pretty good. This feels like, wow, we're, we've got a marketplace. We've got uh, a voice in this place. And my favorite thing is when people are like, I really like the way that you guys approach this thing. And if I could just stay focused on that and on the, on the, on the people instead of the numbers that this dashboard's giving me, I'll be a happier creator making better stuff that hopefully I don't burn out on. Um, so my, mine is, is my next one is screw stats. Uh, uh, but you kind of have to keep, keep an eye on them just to make sure that you're not totally failing at this thing. Well, I mean, you can look at them and make sure that nothing's broken. And then if you're <laughs> right. planning yeah. to have sponsors or something, then yeah, maybe keep a little bit more of an eye on them. But in general, like we always say with stats, uh, if you focus on them too much, that's yeah. not the point. But it, I mean, it is important, not not just stats, but I, I'm glad that you brought up comments because comments are really important as well. And we can see we've got, you know, 200 something five star reviews in iTunes, which is awesome. Um, so and we want com- more, by the way, guys, please, please. Do, if you listen to the show and you like it, give us a review. Again, we don't know if these things are important or not, but I, we, we've been told that this really helps people find the show. Well, so it's if, important to us just to you know maintain the motivation and the direction yeah. and to feel like we're talking to someone. And my favorite thing is the way that people are now in the comments. They're writing introductions in the iTunes reviews. Um, and we've and, used a lot of those. And we've used a lot of them, and I, I just love them. And I, I read out a, a, a comment most of the time or a review at the end of a, of a show. And so I'd love, I just, so we're in there. We see everything that you, that you guys write. So if you write a question, if you, uh, if you say something, we're going to see it. Right. So, um, I don't know if people necessarily get that sense, uh, from when you, cause when you look at there, you just see a bunch of people talking about a thing. You don't realize there's kind of a conversation if you listen to the episodes. Yeah. And, uh, we will read your comments unless you live in a country outside of the United States, then no, no I can, g- I got them. Yeah. You I got them. There's an app for that. Nice. There's an app for that called comment cast. Nice. So for people that are thinking about podcasting, one of the peculiarities of iTunes is that it doesn't show you reviews from other countries. So if you go in and look at iTunes, um, you'll just see the reviews from the country that you live in. So if you started a podcast and you lived in New Zealand, um, you might not see very many comments and you might not realize that there are a whole lot of other people commenting elsewhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not to pick on New Zealand, but there are only a handful of people that live there. So (laughs) I hope we don't lose our New Zealand contingent. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's true. Um, all right, Caleb, what's another one from you? Well, let's see. I would say kind of have an arc to your episodes because I feel like, okay, this is two part. One, have an arc to your episode. So there's a point you can tease it at the beginning because you can't skim podcasts. You do this really well where you kind of summarize what we're going to talk about because you do the intro after we have our long discussion. So I think mm. that's really important yeah. if your episode's longer. Yeah. But more so, have your entire podcast have some sort of arc, some sort of point to it. Because it's really easy to just start a podcast and then think, okay, I need one for next week and the next week and the next week. And you just start maybe having guests that don't really fit in with whatever it is you're talking about just because they reached out to you and wanted to be on your show. Or you're just having friends on to get started and you stop doing solo podcasts because it's easier just to hop on Skype and start recording with someone else. So yeah, just start thinking about what you want this podcast to be after 25 50 100 episodes and yeah. is it really going to accomplish that if you're just doing you know interviews with random people and aren't spending the time to put together like 
like a produced show like you would if you were going to write something or make a video of it. It's easy to just get on the microphone and start talking without any sort of theme. And so we've been doing this lately where each month has a theme. And in three or four episodes, there's enough different topics within that theme. And we can also focus a Q&A episode around that single topic to keep things fresh. And so that we know, you know, if someone has questions about money, we have a month of podcast episodes all about that or products or audience and stuff like that. So it has more of a theme as opposed to us just getting on Skype and trying to figure out what we want to record. Yeah, the themes for a month, uh, and we're not doing that just on the show. We're also doing that on everything that we post on the on the Sparkline, mm-hmm. uh, the blog, and, and it works really well. Uh, I like it because it does give you this little narrative arc that's bigger than a single episode. Yeah. So it's just four episodes in one little bundle, and it's that's nice because then it also it's only it's only four weeks, so then you can pivot to another thing the next week as you get feedback. Um, or, you know, so this idea of like, you can have a name, you might not know exactly, you might say like, this is a show about productivity and you do one month on calendars, Real, it just, it's, it's not a show, a whole show about how to handle your calendars, but, uh, and what calendar apps, what are the, you know, keyboard shortcuts and how to use it with your team, how to use it with your spouse, right? It's like, but you could do a whole month on that. And then you might realize, well, there's a lot here and people are really curious about it. Who knows that maybe becomes what your show is about for the next six months. But then you get, then you're able to still talk about more and more and stuff. So it's this, it's this interesting ability to balance, uh, but it also provides a greater context for each individual uh, episode, which I've i found to be kind of good. Now this month I'm going to take a break from that because frankly, it's a lot of work to put together a plan for each episode for each uh, month, you know, around a. Uh, you know, some sort of theme. And we've so, taken it a little further a few times with you know. 10 plus interviews with people that yeah. are great at products or audience or what have you. Totally. Um, totally. Then like putting together a guide afterwards to summarize mm-hmm. all that, or even just one big post with all the SoundCloud files. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. It takes a ton of work. And, and that's one doing. of my, that's one of my other ones. I'll just do this one really quickly. It's just like, it's a lot of work to do those interviewee type things. You know, it's a lot more than, than you'd think. Like you think you're just calling people up, recording the thing, throwing it into the podcast, but no, you got to schedule the call. And then you got to get it. Then you got to get you know in into the same place where you can actually get a little bit of good audio from them, or whether it's on Google Hangout or, or Skype or on the phone. You got to figure these things out, right? Then you actually do the call, which means you got to do some preparation on what do you know you want to ask these people. And what we've been doing is a bunch of short interviews with people answering the same question, which I find super value valuable. Um, so, but then once you have that, now your levels are going to be different than theirs. So now I got to export mine out by itself versus theirs out, and so I can bring those in and EQ and level everything out in the actual thing. Then I got to edit it if there's a cuss or if there's a this, that, and the other. And then I got to add an intro, which means I got to press record again, record all the intros, cut that up, make sure that each thing for each person is, is, is put in there. And then I got to, man, then now this one went long and I got to either cut this to last within the four minutes that we have for it, or I just can let the episode go long. And then once we're done with that, now I've got to create this thing where I can export each one of these individually. Cause I'd like to, you know, put them up into SoundCloud individually to be able to create a roundup post. Cause those things end up doing really well. People really like those to be able to see the notes on each and every one. And so now this thing went from like, Oh yeah, let's do a handful of like, let's see what, let's see what, uh, what Pat and John and Trisha and, uh, Tara have to say about this. It went from that to, oh my God, that was two straight weeks of work. And now I don't want to look at my computer for like a month. You know, <laughs> this, this whole episode that we're doing right now should have been called 10 things we want to bitch about after a year of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think that leads in perfectly to one of mine. And yeah. I think that this could easily be yours, Corbett's. Uh, just have someone else do all the technical stuff for you. Yeah. That's yeah, that'd be somebody that'd be, like Chase. That's my that would be nice. You fucking turds. <laughs> <laughs> Unfucking believable, man. Chase, find somebody. Uh, if no, it makes you feel better, Chase. Whatever you get. And- but if it, it makes you feel better, I on my end, it, it seems like it takes you about two minutes a week to do this so i know i know it's great and i actually really i like it because i like I, I like to write the intros i like to know what's in here i like to it, it takes that i mean it, you have to waste time sometimes to make something great and i could totally yeah i could find a va or some other shit to edit there's a lot of the the detail stuff but i have this is it, that detailed technical stuff doesn't take me a long time what takes a long time is is just the fact that there's so many of these little things to do um and and then bringing it to the quality that I want it to be. Yeah, telling the story of the episode. Telling this, in a yeah, and, and I can't have someone else do that interview. And I can maybe like send these files to someone and say, send me back to this, that, and the other. But then they wouldn't know which parts that I should cut out and which I shouldn't. No, that's me. That's my taste mm-hmm. that will be involved in that. Um, and they won't know. That, anyways, just I've thought about it because it's like sometimes this can get tedious, but most of the time it isn't. It gets tedious when I'm, when it's like I just finished last month's, uh, theme and now i've already got to start planning next month's theme that's when it gets tedious um but no that's a great tip have someone else do all the work for your podcast have someone else be on the mic for you then you won't have to do it have someone else you know what i mean it's like it's farther than i meant but yeah (laughs) oh okay uh hold on writing that down have someone else do you need to take a breather buddy no no i need to lie down hearing to lie down it's all those extracts jeez yeah too much grapefruit Oil yeah. extract or whatever. <laughs> just wait till I rub it on your body. Uh, what else? Corbett, we give me one of yours. Um, all right, this one, I, I don't know what to make of this exactly, but it's just, for me, it's just a fact. And that is that um, listening to the podcast makes you feel more connected to it than actually recording it does. So, and and this is um, this is just something I've learned partly from all the references that we get from people where you know they're telling us like oh you know they just they they so block us or whatever like there's some yeah. things that I remember really well but then there are other times that people are talking about something from the podcast and I have no idea what they're talking about and I've noticed with myself I don't necessarily have time to listen to every single episode after we do it or it takes me a while maybe a month or two I go back and listen to something and then and then I know that episode really well from that point forward so for some reason, just the way that my brain works, when I'm sitting here recording this and talking and listening to you guys, um, I'm in the moment enough that I'm not, uh, this stuff isn't being recorded in my brain, you know what I mean? Yeah. So later I can't recall things from the podcast very well. So if you want to be connected to your podcast and to have a good handle on being able to refer people to different episodes and say, oh, that was in episode 22, you should go listen when we were talking about blank then you need to listen to your episodes after you record them. Yeah. And I think you guys you guys do that. Um, and maybe your brains work a little bit differently than mine. I think maybe you record things as you're recording them, if that makes sense, more than I do. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, don't not, I do not listen as I record. That's one of the things I learned early on is like I, I've been making audio notes in Evernote for like, five years because i realized early on like i could i'm very vocal like i i process things this way like ask my wife how of a husband i am because i process things out loud and i don't 
count the cost of my words before they come out of my mouth, <laughs> you know, just because that's how my mind, like I don't, I, I'm much better this way than, than writing even. So I started recording it through these ideas and then nothing makes sense until I listen back to it. And I'm realizing, oh my God, there's a huge hole right there. There's a gap there. Oh, I totally said this when I meant to say that. And, and I get really used to how, <laughs> how I think I do a great job and I'm not really doing that great, great of a job when I listen back to things. And so it's been a, it's been something that, that's des- definitely a discipline for me. And that's why I like listening back to these things and creating the notes about each one because, uh, I would, there's so much I wouldn't actually, like you say, I wouldn't be as, as connected to it if I didn't do that. Yeah, and I don't know if you need to listen to everyone, and I know that there are actors out there who don't watch the movies that they're in, you know, and some people who do meticulously. I think it kind of depends on what it does to you. If you learn a totally. lot from it and it improves the product, that's great. If it makes you um, feel dumb or inferior for some reason, um, then maybe don't listen to them so much, you know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah. Or have other people listen to it and give you feedback. I think yeah. it's important to listen just for how you sound on the microphone, words you use too much, maybe your breathing sounds weird or you hate your laugh. There's little things that you pick up for how you act. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh God, that was good. That was a really, that was, that was the kind of movie Corbett, that if you're acting like you shouldn't watch that movie again, you should just be like, I know I did a great job. Yeah, crumple it up and throw it away. (laughs) That's good. All right, uh, Caleb, what's another one? I was going to say audio quality matters and just spring for the good mic. Uh, Maybe not for your first episode, but if you stick with it for five to ten and you like what you're doing, spring for a good mic setup because it makes a difference. So what difference does it make? It makes a difference to the listener because... To me, if it's a better produced show, I'm more likely to continue to listen to it. Yeah. And I would, I would caveat that. I mean, you, you've got the, the Heil, the good mic. And I think what that means to you is, is a little le- like, is might even, it means audio quality, but I think it also means turning pro for you. It's you like feel this, more professional too like, once yeah. you understand and have some equipment. And it doesn't cost very much, it costs a few hundred dollars. Yeah. But, it, you could get a good mic for $40 or something. What I mean is don't talk into your Apple headphones or your laptop <laughs> right. microphone or whatever. Yeah. You know, spend absolutely. a little bit of money, invest in it, make it a little bit more real. Yeah. So it's, and I think there's a, there's a very low threshold uh, that you definitely right. need to right. cross. And that's getting, you know, the, just any USB mic, the, the hundred dollar blue Yeti is consistently the best mic, uh, according to all of the sites that are reviewing these mics and things. Um, and so just go for that. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, we actually, we use, I mean, I use cheap mics. I use the SM57, which is like an $80 mic. Um, and, and I like, cause I like this one. And we had just, just did a whole course on this within Fizzle on, on some of the, the audio editing and technical stuff that, that we do on the podcast. But, um, but you're right. There's a there's a there's a threshold that you have to get over. You cannot be recording your show into a you know headphone mic. You cannot be recording your show into your laptop speaker and microphone. Like you, you cannot listen back to your show when you're editing it on a pair of shit headphones or or laptop mm-hmm. speakers. You know you have to know what this thing's going to sound like and 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 get it out there. But that said, I mean you could do that for eighty bucks. Right. You know, like like that. It doesn't have to be much. But you're right because. Uh, I don't think people would give any, I wouldn't give the time of day to anything that's, uh, that sounded that bad. Cause it, there's a, there's a, 
there's a, a, a like a threshold unless like unless both you guys sent me a link or a, and a handful of other people or someone I really trusted sent me a link saying like dude this is an amazing interview you have to listen to it then I don't even care what it sounds like I don't give I don't care what it sounds like I'll listen through whatever I've done that before where I download it and I actually tweak the audio to make it sound listenable you know you know more easily but that's because someone who I really trust gave me this link and said to listen to this thing. It's not because I fa- I stumbled across a podcast on iTunes or something, you know. Um, so notice that know the difference between those two contexts. And chances are, none of us are producing thing anything that like someone else is sending to someone else, being like, "Oh my god, you have to listen to this." At least that sounds bad. I don't know what's happening. Where am I? What do you guys I don't think even know about, I am right now. You smell toast. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think about how important it is to? brand your podcast or make it different than other ones that are out there because i see a lot of me too podcasts coming out in the past year it's so important give yourself five days to figure it out and then whatever you've gotten at the end of that just go with you can change it later on the big i think the big problem the biggest danger that you have is not shipping this thing at all or shipping something that you burn out from um that's what i think what do you think corbett well i i mean that's just that's just the like the golden law of marketing, you know. Um, if there's a lot of shit out there and you wade into that pool of shit with a regular another piece of wait, I don't, like what kind of waders are you wearing here? I mean, these, these like hip they, waders, they, they, hip waders like all where, the way up, all the way. So are you waist like deep? Going. You're waist didn't deep. Like where that was going. You're shit in tall cotton, or you're waist deep in the slough. Yeah, you're an, you're ankle deep in alligators or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you have to stand out. If there's a lot of stuff out there already, you have to stand out. Otherwise, how are you going to get people to listen to it when there are a million other choices that look exactly the same? Yeah, that's where it's almost like branding is topic to me. Branding is, oh, I'm the only podcast for professional uh, hairstylists who only work in movies in Vancouver, BC. Like, that would get listened to by all 10 of those people, or whoever, however many there are, and all 40 of them who are in school to, to, to study that. Like, that's small audience, but potentially very valuable. Um, that is a brand. Like, the topic that you choose is also part of your brand. Uh, but, you know, also, like, you know, maybe have a good design. Mark Marin uh, says that, uh, and now this, I think that podcasting market today is very different than when it, than when it was. Marin says that like half of why he got so big was was because he had a great piece of show art. This this illustrated you know blue face of his kind of crazy maniacal thing on his face. But also like he was interviewing people that were like like Louis C.K., like Robin Williams, like Dane Cook, like these people that we wanted to hear from and be like, oh my god, how's this gonna go? So it's it's a mix, and you're never you you try to try to stand up on brand alone, you're gonna fail. Every single time, uh, you got to provide some substance and quality. So it's this balance between the two. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, for me, getting a little technical here. There's this. Uh, there's this balance between pre-batching uh, a lot of episodes and being able to do the real-time thing. Um, so we've had se- seasons where we'll record like eight podcasts in like a week or two, and and then I just edit those all together, and we've got eight podcasts in the can that haven't shipped yet. Um, that's great. But I, I, I always feel a little bit bummed because people are listening in real time and they're tweeting and chatting about it in real time. And in three weeks, like you're talking about an episode that I just queued up three weeks ago and I have, I don't even remember what's in there, you know? And that, and so also I don't get to in the intros and outros or in, in the conversations themselves get to mention like, Oh, look at this amazing comment we just got on the, about the goat sounds we used in the last episode. Oh my God. You know? So when you, 
there's this mix because like right now we're completely caught up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going away next week. Like I really need to figure out what the next podcasts are, you know? So, um, this back, this, this mix between batching several at a time and doing real time, I haven't found the sweet spot, but we've, it's been seasonal. Sometimes we have a bunch and sometimes we're, we're every week we're doing one. So just know that that, te- that tension is going to exist. Cause when you go every week all the time, it's just a job. You'll fizzle out. Like that's what it feels like. Anything to add there, guys? I think that yeah. there's some people that did this really, really well and have months in advance. I mean, John Lee Dumas has months of his podcast scheduled out in advance with sponsors out in advance and everything. And I mean, yeah, yeah you lose some of that real time stuff. But like you were saying, you're about to be out of town for a little bit and it's kind of the, the hectic, okay, I got to get these done quick. So it's yeah. just kind of, you have to balance between the two of those. Yeah. Corbett, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's a balance. It's a balance. <laughs> balance. Balance. It's a balance. Leb with a balance talk. <laughs> we've been calling. Oh, we should. Uh, we've been calling Le- Caleb Leb. So feel free to use that because Caleb really loves it. Also, actually don't mind it. My he whole, doesn't uh, mind it. That's my what... wife's side of the family all calls me. Really? That, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's great. Sometimes I call him Watch. <laughs> Watch. Of course. Of course. Kind of like Waz. I just picture like apostrophe L E B, and I can like ma- I can imagine this beautiful like handwritten script like L E B. This yeah. looks gorgeous. That's how he signs his love letters. Yeah. That's my new clothing line L E B. And then we should also say that we had a uh, like a fizzle foot race of sorts when oh, we were we when we were at the uh, when we did a little retreat up in Tahoe, and um, Corbett is a fast starter. He's like super fast starter. Caleb, he's a is, gold medal ten. 10 uh, meter runner. He's a, yeah, more like, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Caleb <laughs> is like, like he's the guy who was sort of behind the pack the whole time, but then at the end, he wanted to race yeah. real bad. Like he was, so he's like the long hauler. He was trying to wear you down. Yeah, he's the short, he, so we got the he short used, starter. He used me to try to wear you down. He did. He did. Right. He was Still leveraging. Didn't work. Still, Still didn't work. work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I'm just sprinting McGillicuddy compared to these two. It looks ridiculous. You were, uh, you're, you you're i would say surprisingly fast but i wasn't really surprised really yeah i think you missed your calling as an athlete <laughs> yeah you and my dad both think that <laughs> he just he, he sees me and he talks to his friends when he's drinking gin he's like number one athlete could have really been somebody <laughs> could have really been somebody then he got into guitar he's <laughs> great guitar player phenomenal guitar player. man he makes that thing sing but he's number one athlete could have been something <laughs> so f- funny all right, let's get through a ha- like whatever you have left, right. left and ra- rapid fire. What do you have left, Corbett? All right, so um, the return on investment for podcasting is not at all clear, but it's worth it for a whole lot of different reasons. And I think we've talked about this on other episodes, but first of all, it's just fun. Um, second of all, we get to work on ideas sort of in real time. And this is, again, our our uh, stance that this is where the sausage is made. And if yeah. you don't want to see it, then it's wait a sausage for the podcast fest. or wait for the blog post or the uh, the fizzle course to come out. Totally. Um, it's a sausage fest. So it's fun. We work out on topics and our gut and all of the anecdotes that we have um, say that it's also worth it from an ROI perspective because we survey new members and we hear from people all the time saying that they listen to the podcast and that's why they signed up for Fizzle. But that direct connection to signups isn't easy to follow because, you know, w- people listen to podcasts in all kinds of different places and then maybe they sign up a month from now, you know, and, and there's no direct link that they click on that we can tag 
to know that they came from the podcast like we could with the blog or with you know something on another site or with advertising or whatever. So you just have to kind of get comfortable that ROI isn't going to be clear and you should probably podcast for at least two or three different reasons and make a couple of those worth it even if the ROI isn't immediately there um, or if it is never clear because it, it may never be super clear for you. Mm. Yeah. What else you got? Let's run, run through all yours right now. Um, podcasting is getting crowded and we would have been better off if we had started sooner. But I think that means that the exact same thing is true right now for people listening to this. You're going to be better off having started now than a year from now if you're thinking about podcasting. Mm. Is that it? Um, podcasting is fun when you have partners. I don't know what it's like to do it on your own, but I can imagine it would get sort of tedious trying to do 50 something episodes by yourself. Oh, when yeah. you have partners, it's just, it, it's easy. I mean, the recording part's easy. I, I know that it takes a while to edit it, but yeah. the recording part is pretty damn easy and, and fun. And it's, n- it's never the kind of thing that I'm like, oh, damn, we got a podcast. I'm like, oh, cool, we get to podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Um, and my last one that I think we've already covered a little bit, but um, people like inside jokes. Don't be afraid to, you know, throw some stuff out there that might seem a little edgy or raunchy or a little nerdy or goofy or whatever. Throw some stuff out there because that's the stuff that we get the most feedback on by far. People don't write us and say, oh my God, I love your your yeah. rich tips about audience building. They write us with inside jokes. and yeah. that's About, about rich tips in general. Exactly, exactly. And that's working out really well for us, I think. Um, or maybe it's offending a lot of people. I don't know, yeah. but it's fun anyway. So don't be afraid to throw some stuff out there. Totally. All right, Leb, what are your, what are your remainings? So my two are, the first one is consistency is pretty much the most important thing with podcasting other than entertaining, adding value, teaching, that sort of stuff. Because people that listen to podcasts expect to have new ones on a consistent basis. So just commit to having whatever schedule you have, whether it's once a week, every day, whatever, just commit to having one there no matter what rain or shine, because people expect that. and. When there's not one up on Friday or it comes out a day early for us, people are like, oh, what's wrong? Is the feed down? What's wrong? Yeah. So you just need to be consistent and publish on a consistent schedule. I would say my my reason for consistency would actually not be for the reader or listener. Uh, I Because when I, when I, and I don't know, obviously I'm coming out from my angle. We do get, we would get people that totally notice it um, now because we have a consistent for every Friday thing. But if we would have done it, just occasionally early on, we could still probably get followers, not not grow as, as large as, as we, we have. But if we stopped right now and had a whole month without them, I think people would still stay subscribed. Um, I think what consistency really comes down to is as the maker, you will absolutely slip on a deadline unless you unless you believe that unless you like say this is what has to happen. It right. goes out every Friday morning at 1 a.m. Pacific time. Like it does that every week. Otherwise, you as the maker is, are going to slip on that deadline 100 percent of the time. Okay, what's your last one? And then my last one is if you're doing interviews, try to either find people that aren't being interviewed on a ton of podcasts or at least ask them different questions and do a different kind of interview with them. You want them to say, oh, no one's ever asked me that question before, not spout off something that they just said like an hour earlier on someone else's podcast. You have to find some different angle to approach, especially a big name person, like you know, interviewing Gary Vaynerchuk or someone who's who did like a interview every day for a whole year. Like you have to find a different angle to ask that person questions so that 
when someone's listening, they're not just hearing the same things regurgitated again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that. And I'd say it's for a couple of reasons. I mean, one is so that your listeners, um, find it interesting when they've already heard that person interviewed somewhere else because likely they have, but also because the person that you're interviewing is probably bored of doing the, the same interview over and over and over again. And when you interview people, um, one of the benefits is that you can establish a relationship with that person through the interview mm-hmm. and that might go on, you know, that might lead to other things down the road. But if you're just another random podcast asking random questions in the same format, the same interview that somebody's done week after week after week, they're not going to remember who you are. Um, yeah. But if you come with a really interesting format, um, for example, these guys, um, I think it's called the Entrepreneurial Showdown. They had kind of an interesting yeah. format where they yeah. interview someone and then they talk about the interview afterwards. I found that to be pretty interesting, actually, because it's a different format and the way they asked the questions was different. So some people stick out in your mind um, and others you know, just kind of fade to, to the back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, and if you want to look, I, I actually always recommend people listen to Command Space on the 5x5 network with Mike Hurley because he's a really great interviewer. And he's just an adorable English guy, but he really is. He really will find, he, he spends, I've talked a lot to him. He spends a lot of time do, going through other things that people have, have been in interviews with, figuring out what hasn't been asked, what he wants to ask from them. He also has a handful of go-to questions that are quite powerful. So check out Command Space if you're uh, wanting to uh, learn how to do better, better interviews, because I think he's a great example. All right, I've got four in closing real quick, okay? Uh, one Kind of technical, it's really hard to derive a headline from an hour-long, like, earnest, exploratory conversation. So, tip would be, and I wish I would take my own advice on this one, is make a headline beforehand. Like, the headline can shape the conversation that you end up having. Um, just because it's that intention of what are people wondering about? What are they searching for? How can I make something for that? Uh, here's the headline I'll use. Let's have a conversation about this. Um, and that just, you know, so do with it what you will. That's what I wish I would be doing right now. Um <clears throat> Another one, this, when I, I mean, podcasting from the very first episode we did together felt really, really natural. And actually, I, I had done interview stuff before, and it wasn't that natural. I had done conversation stuff before, and it wasn't as natural as this combination of you two guys and me felt. It really felt like me. Uh, and I don't think I'd still be doing this if it, if it didn't feel that way. Um, so it, I, I guess I kind of have to say, like, this might not be for you. Don't get into podcasting just because everybody's saying podcast. Try it and be like, okay, that's not for me. I'm a better writer. I'm a better infographic maker. I'm a better you know, person who can pull, pull interesting voices together on a topic. Whatever. This was me, and that's why I like it so much. And I'd say find you. And I hope you is podcasting, or, or, you've, or at least you can find it. Uh, third, uh, second to last here is the real art in this thing is learning how to be yourself on the mic. Because... I don't know. For me, it's always been about expectations, like what I want, what I imagine people will want from me about this thing. Uh, or what does, what does so and so do? Or what does, what did so and so, he would do something like this or she would sound like that. You got to just say Fuck it to all that Fuck expectations. Be yourselves. The real art is about learning how you speak in your own voice on this mic. And there's a great, uh, Stephen Pressfield article, real short on this that I'll, that I'll put in the, show notes for you um and then finally i really love this audience 
These are real people. You guys listening to this, you're good, you're brave, you're putting your ass on the line. You're actually interested in this stuff. You actually uh, allow us to be ourselves and have honest conversations, to be exploratory about this stuff in front of you, to make the sausage, as it were, in front of you. And you're really gracious that way. Uh, but I think also that you you actually really enjoy this a lot. At least we hear from a lot of you who do. And of course, we hear from the others who say, like, I wish it was shorter. I wish you'd edit it all down to the, to the only... 15 minutes that mattered uh, or something. But I love this audience and I would have given up a long time ago if I didn't. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't have been able, I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to know that how important that is. We've talked about this before where if you can get to a point where you build a relatively successful site w- around an audience that you actually start to resent, like you get into a really, really bad place mm-hmm. as a creator. Um, and so I'm just, I don't know. You just have to look for that. And there was moments where I think because I resent the work, you could I could have misinterpreted that as as resenting the audience. And when I get tedious or strung out or something like that, that just happens. That's natural. We're all going to go through that. I don't care how many laptops you have on a beach with pina coladas and how many four hour work weeks you think you have. You're going to get the work's going to get tedious because good work you have to sweat a little bit. Um, but even so, throughout, like I'm just glad to be here right now being able to say i really really love this audience so that's my last one i have more oh god we're gonna do it we're gonna do it quick okay make it quick make it quick try to stand instead of sit um i found for me energy wise that helps a little bit more um and the second one would also be energy related figure out what time of day you know you sound the best so we're recording in the morning right now. None of us are drinking alcohol. This, this is a different episode than some of the other ones yeah. where we maybe are drinking. And so figure out which ones of those you like best. Yeah, I like it. Corbett, any, any finals to add? Let me just read uh, <laughs> a little quote here. I'm, I just got this from a new person who signed up for Fizzle. And this relates back to the ROI point that I was making earlier. Um, Mark, a new fizzler says, I've been listening to the fizzle podcast pretty much from the beginning and I've gotten so much out of it on multiple levels. The three of you teach, inspire and entertain so well that it was quite impossible for me to continue listening without joining fizzle and supporting your efforts. Mm. So we get these, um, this is the evidence we have that what we do here matters. Not that listeners have to sign up for fizzle. Um, and we're glad when people just say that they listen to the show in general. But um, this is the kind of thing that tells us that what we're doing is connecting with people and it actually um, impacts our lives and, and their lives. Yeah. And to that point, I guess, like, you could try to build a show and do the sponsorship thing. And that's great. People are doing that. But I think in a few years, it's going to be the equivalent of having ads on a blog. And uh, most of the people who have the like big shows who are actually making money, they have other things to sell, whether they be comedians selling shows and tickets to shows and specials that they've decided to make independently or whatever. Um, there's good money to be made in sponsors right now, and maybe there, maybe that'll continue for forever. Uh, it's a model that's existed for a long time, but when you have this, really comes together when you can coalesce y- your your topic. Uh, and your product on a microphone where people are actually interested and encouraged by the things that you're, go- you're you're talking about. So anyways, I hope this has been helpful. Let us know in the in the comments over at fizzleshow.co slash 52. This has been the things that we have learned in a year, a little bit less, of podcasting. You guys, I've been Chase Wardman reed I've been Corbett Farr. And I've been Lev Logic. <laughs> I'll see you there. I'll see you on another time. There you have it. 
thefizzleshow.co slash 52. That's 5-2. Is where I list out all 24 of these lessons. You can see them all right there on the page. Uh, and maybe you have a tip of your own to add. I'd love to get a good conversation going. If you could pop over to fizzleshow.co slash 52. Let us know what, what, what thing you've learned since starting up your own podcast. Add your thoughts. Leave us an iTunes rating. Here's one from Kurt Boma from the U.S. He actually just left this one recently. It says, existentialism plus online business plus lifestyle design plus autonomy and purpose. Five stars. Everything these guys talk about starts with why, not how. And that's what makes this show so compelling. They could start a show about knitting, and I would listen just because I know it would be about so much more than just knitting. Oh, man. Thanks so much, Kurt. He had actually a lot more to his review, and it was really great to read through. So thanks. Leave us a review. Uh, do a cute intro to the show. Tell us your favorite uh, inside joke, whatever. Leave it there. We read every single one of them. Like Kurt's. He just left that yesterday, and I'm recording this today. <laughs> Simply search for the show in the uh, iTunes store. Search for Fizzle. Try not to click on the Jamaican dance hall booty music uh, and click instead on the three white boys' faces. And click write a review. I am so glad I can be myself here. So glad that uh, I don't have to talk down to you or condescend or hold back or write link bait. You've supported us as we made this sausage of exploratory, honest conversation. And I'm so glad I get to do this with two other ragamuffins as we all try to figure this stuff out together. You're closer than you think. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday. Oh, also, so glad that this is the kind of show where a listener like Levi Whalen would actually make a remix of the Fizzle song. That's what you're listening to or and have been listening to. Uh, you can download it yourself at fizzleshow.co slash 52. Thanks.